Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's technology radio show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 125. Getting chatty with Alexa. Hello, Frequency Cast. Celebrating the birth of radio. Two Emma Talk record testing. Fitness tracking for man's best friend. There's a lot of overweight dogs. Ringing in a new way to pay. Oh, I love jewellery. Plus skyboxes, 4G interference and Radio Caroline. First off, here's Pete with the latest tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. The headlines for FrequencyCast show number 125, starting off with Mobile World Congress. This is where the top mobile phone makers announce their latest and greatest. This year, the event's been dominated by a reboot of a 17-year-old Nokia phone, the 3310. This trusty old handset is made under licence, as Nokia is no longer in the mobile phone business. The new 3310 has a 2 megapixel camera and a revamped version of Snake. Priced at under €50, it has an impressive one-month battery life. Those were the days. Now more up-to-date phones. 5G is on the way, and later this year, chunks of the radio spectrum will be auctioned off. Under current rules, BT, which now owns EE, could get nearly 80% of the 5G allocation. BT EE already owns 42%, with Vodafone at 29, 3 at 15, and O2 at 14%. A campaign has been launched to get Ofcom to call for a cap on BT of 30%, which will allow more competition and hopefully lower prices. More details at maketheairfair.org. And staying with BT, customers can expect a price rise in April, with BT broadband going up £2 a month as well as call costs. Line rental remains the same, but BT Sport, which has been free to BT TV customers since it launched, will no longer be free. It'll now cost £3.50 a month. Switching providers is now easier than ever before. See the link on our show notes. Next, the Nintendo Switch is out. Replacing the rather clunky Wii U, this console costs £280 and works with your TV or as a standalone tablet. User reviews are mixed, with reports of Joy-Con Bluetooth problems and dead pixels. But the idea of switching from home to mobile Mario could give Nintendo the boost it needs. Next, good news for makers and coders, the Raspberry Pi Zero W is now out. This low-cost, high-spec, tiny computer now has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on board. The price? Just a tenner. Bargain. Later in the show, we'll be talking to Amazon's Alexa. Google's in-home assistant, called Google Home, will hit the shores here in the UK by May. Will it have what it takes? Watch this space. Next, it's been a long time, but Star Trek is set to warp back onto our TV screens this autumn. Star Trek Discovery is set 10 years before Kirk's Enterprise, and in the UK will be boldly going to Netflix. In radio news, Norway has started its FM switch-off. 99.5% of the population now has DAB coverage, and national and local stations will vanish from FM by the end of the year. And finally, boffins clearly have nothing better to do. A robot has been built that's broken the world record for solving the Rubik's Cube. It can do the job in 0.637 of a second. 
Watch the 12 times slow-mo video on our site to watch the robot in action. Hopefully, now that that problem's solved, the boffins can work on enhancing biscuits so they don't disintegrate 0.637 seconds into a dunk. Thanks very much, Pete. For more tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequencycast, now loading. Focus. Frequencycast125. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Pete. You seem to be wearing some wallpaper. No, stop this. Just stop this. It's a textured top. That is all it is. It's not wallpaper. It's called fashion. Oh, I wouldn't know, of course. Well, obviously not. That's why I'm here. And we've just spent about 20 minutes playing Hunt the Lead because I forgot my connector so we could connect our recorder today, didn't I? And you saved the day. You're drawer full of wires and gadgets. Uh, we had the old USB lead that we needed. Yes, it was the point where you said, where did you find this? And I responded with... Well, obviously in my bag of leads. And what tech princess wouldn't have a bag full of old USB-A leads? Well, exactly. So you've been busy over the last few weeks? Oh Yeah, I've been travelling, so it's been quite an adventure and now it's very cold and I'm not too happy about this. You've been somewhere sunny, haven't you? Yes, I've been uh, travelling across to Asia, so I've been in Singapore, Malaysia and Thailand. Well, while you've been away, I'm afraid I've been cheating on you. What? I've got a new woman in my life. No. Alexa, how are you? Great. Ready to help. Now, you never say that, do you? Well, no, but I'll be honest, she sounds a little bit robotic and Stepford Wife-esque. But she's lovely. Look at those curves. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, Pete, seriously, you can't get away with that one. Alexa, will you marry me? I don't want to be tied down. In fact, I can't be. I'm amorphous by nature. Another woman that doesn't want to be tied down. Oh, never mind. So, yes, this is the uh, Amazon uh, speech recognition. I know we featured Siri before, Cortana, and, of course, there's now Google's assistant out there. But I have to say, uh, and you've got one of these, haven't you, or you've played around with one of these as well? Yeah, I have. I'm waiting to move so I can get my own, but I've, um, I have had a little play around with these. And I have to admit, for somebody who's a real cynic about these sorts of things... I love it. She has been great. She's helping me out with all manner of different things, telling me the news, telling me the weather. But you can also do, Alexa, tell me a joke. Why did the bubblegum cross the road? Because it was stuck to the chicken's foot. It will play your radio stations, it will play podcasts for you, it will play all manner of different music, it can do all sorts of clever stuff. Where it starts getting clever, though, is if you combine it with other services. Have you ever heard of if If no, that doesn't sound real. Okay, well, you tell me what that says then. If. <laughs> oh, no. This is a brilliant application. It's called If This Then That. And basically, this links all of everything together. So pick a, um, pick a social media platform Instagram. Okay. And what this does is it links everything together. So you have to set up all your Instagram account and everything else. Tell this app about it, and you can do really clever things like this. So you could get it to tweet your Instagrams. You could get it to share your Instagrams on Facebook. Back up your Instagram photos to Dropbox. Add your photos to Tumblr. Add them to Flickr. Save them to Google Drive. Put them in spreadsheets. It links all of these online services together. So if you've ever wanted to do something and it links to something else, then this is it. It is truly powerful awesomeness. Well, I do love it. I'm an absolute convert when it comes to this. I don't know that I'd necessarily need it for like social media, but 
even just down to reminding you what's in your diary and creating a shopping list on it so that you can get it to read it back at the end of the week before you go is just a dream and this is the thing so alexa has a shopping list and you can ask it to add things to your shopping list but it's only on alexa so if you're out it's not a lot of use using if this then that you can get it to do other things so i could say alexa add wine to my shopping list i added wine to your shopping list okay now that just stores the shopping list on this little device which is pretty useless if you're out and about. But by using if this, then that, hopefully in a couple of seconds, my iPhone should automatically add that to my to-doist shopping list. Let's have a look and see if it does it. Wow. Oh, amazing. So there you go. That's the beauty of if this, then that, is every service talks to every other service. So I can get it to add a calendar entry. I've got things like heating tied to this, so my home heating. Uh, Hive, I can just tell Alexa to turn up my heating and it automatically will. Uh, you can even do daft things like, uh, you know, the hue light bulbs that change colour. You can say, Alexa, red alert, and the whole house's lights go red and it says wooga wooga and things. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I imagine then with my Wi-Fi kettle, I could just quite simply sit there, not even have to pick up my phone and get the kettle to boil. I don't know if it's got one of those in, but you could certainly run it off a main socket that's uh, one of the powered Wemo sockets, things like that. But it is scary what this will do. Now, one thing, though, I have heard about these is that you can accidentally end up spending quite a bit of money on your Amazon account. You've heard the story. You haven't even seen the script yet, but it's that story there, isn't it? Yes, it's exactly <laughs> that one. OK, if you have Alexa listening to you. Sorry. I didn't understand the question I heard. Cover her ears for this one. This is the story of um, a six-year-old girl in Dallas uh, who asked uh, this device, whose name I won't mention just in case it goes wrong, uh, to order a doll's house and a tin of biscuits, and it just placed the Amazon order. You've heard that part of the story? I've heard that part of the story. And a TV reporter on a San Diego, California TV station reported the story and said, I love this girl, she said, and then he said the magic phrase... And dozens of people at home found their device ordering dolls' houses. Amazon's very kindly said if it was ordered by mistake, people can return them. And Alexa has advised you to add a four-digit security code to prevent unauthorised orders. How cool, though. I know, but still, could you imagine? So there we go. A huge amount of potential from my good friend, Alexa. Open the pod bay doors. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Right, moving on. Now, last show, I talked about my lovely day out on the Red Lady herself, Radio Caroline. Yes, you did. I need to show you a video. The chap that uh, very kindly let me go out there, a chap called Keith, put together an amazing video of our interview. I didn't know he was going to do this, and he's found a whole bunch of weird pictures of you and me from back in the day, and he's animated our feature about Radio Caroline. Are you ready? Well, no, not now you've said about these old pictures. I mean, you've made it sound a lot worse than I imagine it can be, but I'm nervous now. He's trawled through the Frequency Cast website and found some great pictures of you and me, which I think we both rather have forgotten. But uh, let's have a little look at this. Right, now, you know you complain when I go and do really fun things and miss you out. Yes, I complain a lot about those. You're going to love me. Next time. Yeah, well, we keep saying this, Pete, and every time I get another one of these apologies. Sorry. No, you could do the rest of the show on your own. 
Kelly, what do you think? How much effort's gone into that? Oh, that was amazing. That was so good. I mean, mainly when you get the very quick images that come up. I like the little sorry at the end. (laughs) I know. It's just the way it pops up so quickly and disappears again. So link to that on our show notes. And thanks very much to Keith for spending probably hours putting that together. Yes, thank you very much, Keith. That's definitely made my day. Hi, this is Sue Holderness, Marlene from Only Fools and Horses, and you are listening to the Frequency Cast Technology Show. Yippee. Okay, next, V-Time. Do you remember this time last year we tried our very first sociable network? Yes, I actually love this. I'm so excited we're talking about this again. V-Time is a social networking platform with virtual reality headsets. Now we sat, what did we sit on the space station? We sat in an iceberg, didn't we, if I remember? Yeah, we did. Um, I think we sat in a desert or around a campfire. Well, this is now out for our phones. You can now get this on the iPhone. I'm wondering if you, me and our listeners all fancy a get together on a sociable media device. How about a bit of virtual reality, Pete and Kelly? I would love that so much. Okay, so here's the challenge. 10 listeners, if you get in touch, and tell us that you've got a Google Cardboard headset, which you can get for about fiver. We'll do it. We'll set up a time and date, and you and me, either in the same room or remotely, it doesn't make any odds, and we will chat with you in virtual reality. How about that for an idea? Oh, I love that idea. Come on, guys. Get in touch via the website, details towards the end of the show, and we'll do it. We will all go VR. Yay! Next up, Kelly, something of a celebration of a little piece of radio history. The voice of this chap drifted across the airwaves for the very first time. Hello, CQ. This is 2MA Talk, Rittle Testing. This is 2MA Talk, Rittle Testing. Hello, CQ. Hello. That's the voice of Peter Eckersley, and that kick-started what we now know as radio broadcasting. It all started back in 1922 in a small wooden hut in the county of Essex. And to celebrate this, a chap called Jim Salmon, who's been on our show before, set up a streaming radio station. We caught up with Jim straight after the marathon broadcast to find out more. Well, we're in the 2MT hut, uh, the original 2MT hut, 95 years on from the very first broadcast of 2MT. And we've been operating Radio Amateur at this end, got amateur radio going at the other end. So we're in the 2MT hut. One hour ago and 95 years, a station started transmitting. Is that right? That's correct. It was 7pm on Tuesday the 14th of February. 1922. It's nice because it, the, the date we can't change. But 14th of February this year is a Tuesday, and in 1922 it was a Tuesday, and that's quite nice as well. And you've been doing some excellent broadcasts, three days of mostly live broadcasting uh, from the hut as well as a mix of documentaries and bits of historical information. Yeah we've been doing some radio related and and old music related documentaries. We've also been doing live five hours of live programming every day. So this has all been an internet station uh, transmitting using wireless to an extent is that fair? Well, we call it Wired Wireless. Uh, <laughs> uh, Peter Eckersley was a great advocate of uh, internet and cable systems, and he called it Wired Wireless. So we've been doing the same thing, we've, but it's the internet. But what a lot of people forget with the internet, it is still radio. My Wi-Fi sender box operates a radio signal. Uh, everyone with a mobile phone is operating a radio signal. We're all radio hams now. After the live broadcast, we caught up with Tim Wander, who's a 2MT historian. It has been a really great day, in fact a great three days. Jim and the team have done it fantastically well. Um, We have celebrated, commemorated and education informed um, the story of 
to MT at Riddle, the birth of British broadcasting. And I guess that's all we can ever hope to do. And hopefully we've paid tribute to Peter Eckersley and the amazing team who gave us the modern age of media and broadcasting. Great to raise a glass at that historic moment at seven o'clock, wasn't it? It was great. We had some 20 people all huddled around the heart and uh, friends and family and volunteers and helpers. And um, yeah, I, you know, I, I've had a fantastic evening and um, I have talked about Riddle for 35 years, written books, articles, lectured more times than I care to remember and I have really enjoyed this night and and it's actually sowed the seeds and we've started something rolling now which moves towards the centenary, a hundred years of British broadcasting, radio broadcasting. And final question, what do you think Peter would have thought if he could uh, cast an ear over us tonight? Peter would have loved the camaraderie, he'd have loved the team spirit, he'd love the humour. He would have been fascinated with the technology. Uh, he loved the idea that communicating, and for Peter it was to educate, inform, but much, much more was to entertain. I think it's been fantastic. It's been a great evening. And what better place to do it from the original 2MT hut? I mean, this is hallowed ground. This is where it all began. I think it's important. That's and we should remember. And you can find more information about the project over at Jim's website. Jim, the address? Okay, www.emmatoc.com, that's E-M-M-A-T-O-C, all one word, dot com. Hi, I'm Jason Bradbury from uh, The Gadget Show, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Okay, Kelly, are you set for Gadget Show 2017 up in Birmingham? No. No, it's not happening, is it? Shock horror, no Gadget Show live this year. I know. But we have got a much better show to go to because we're back to wearable tech in March. We are. And I have to admit, it's the only reason I've not had to go to counselling as a result of this devastating news. Wearable tech, our favourite show. It's really cutting edge tech there. And you're going to be in your element because a new smart device wearable thingy is coming out. And it's what you've always wanted. Yeah. L'Oreal? Yes. You get ex- Look at that little... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a very excited face. Tell me about your hair routine in the morning. <laughs> really? Yeah, we've got 20 minutes left. You'll be fine. There's not, there's not a hair routine per se. I'm lucky if I manage to blow dry or fashion my hair in any way, shape or form. It's usually put up. But I do like to get the curlers out. I'd really love to have the glamorous hair every day. But it takes so long, Pete. Well, this could be for you. In the whole Internet of Things thing, another connected device is coming along. A smart hairbrush with advanced sensors that will monitor the effects of various hair care routines. Will it judge me? It might do. I've got a toothbrush that does that, but a hairbrush as well. I mean, I love it. I love the idea that it's something for my hair, but I don't want to be told that I'm doing it all wrong. Well, it could be an inflatable Clem Fandango hairdresser. You never know. Mm, Going a bit far. There you go. So wearable tech, we shall be there this year having a, uh, a good old nose around and seeing what exciting stuff's there. Uh, we've actually still got a couple of interviews from last year's show that we haven't used yet. Busy old day here at wearable tech. Now, we've done fitness trackers lots in the past. Fitbits, Nike, Apple Watch and everything else. And now we've looked at the tracking ring, Kelly, that you love. I know. I really wanted to take one home. But we now have the ultimate fitness tracker for the other members of the family. Do you know what? The smile on your face pretty much sums this up. It's one for your pets. Absolutely. So a little device that goes on 
uh, a dog's collar, might even fit on my cat's collar as well, you never know, and monitors the fitness of an animal. It's a little bit different. I'm talking to Andrew. Andrew, what's your company name? It's a nice one as well. It's Pitpat. It was meant to be the pitter-patter of paws. We've basically got a, um, a pedometer for uh, your animals, is that right? Yes, it's a little more advanced than that, so it can tell whether your dog is walking, running, resting and playing. And this is great for if you've ever been apart from your dog. So, for example, you can see how much exercise it did in kennels, whether your dog walker came, or simply if you've left your dog home alone, does it sit around quite happily or does it chase the postman? So it sits on the collar, it collates this data. How does it transfer and what does it transfer to? Um, So it sends all the data over Bluetooth to a free iOS or Android app uh, where you get the breakdown of the activities. Um, You're also given an exercise goal tailored to your dog. So, for example, um, if you've got a Dalmatian compared to an Alsatian versus a Labrador, it will give you a tailored guideline. So you have to enter the dog's age, weight and breed, and then the app does the rest. What sort of uses would this be put to? Unfortunately, there's a lot of overweight dogs in the UK. There's about four million of them. And then the other bit is the discovery of what your dog has done um, when you've been apart. Well, I like it. And waterproof as well. Go on then, where do people get these and how much are they? So you can get them in independent pet retailers. We're in about 100 stores now. Um, Also online through um, places like Fetch, the Ocado Pet Store, um, or off our website, pitpatpet.com. They're very reasonably priced at £40. Okay, Kelly, wearable tech, you do like your rings, don't you? Yeah, I'm a girl. I love jewellery. So this one is one that's a little bit different. Now, we've talked about uh, contactless payment before. We've talked about Apple Pay. We've talked about the uh, technology behind Oyster cards and the like. This is something a little bit different by the looks of it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It all seems to be combined within the ring. Okay, so let's talk to to Philip. We'll find out what company Philip works for and what we're looking at ring-wise. I'm the founder of Curve, and it's a contactless payment ring. Well, of course, it makes a lot of sense. You don't have to carry a card with you. You don't have to carry a phone with you, all sorts of things. So as far as this works, do, do you get a unique ring when you buy it and then you have to pair it to your bank? How does, the, uh, how does it connect with the, uh, the payment side of things? In the first iteration of the ring, um, there's actually a prepaid account that's issued with it. So when you register, we will give you a um, UK FCA regulated account and then you can fund that from a variety of sources. So a debit card, a credit card, PayPal, maybe even Bitcoin in the future. So you can load money on there and then you can either do it as a one-off or you can set up things like an auto top-up. So if your balance falls below 30 pounds, it'll automatically you know, take you know, whatever 50 pounds from your preferred funding source. And so the idea is with that is that we didn't want you to be uh, you know, out wanting to buy your coffee or your, your beers and then have your transaction decline. So um, yeah, you get your own count. The second iteration of the ring that will be out later in the year will be, um, you will be able to map directly to your, um, your say, Lloyd's debit card or, um, you know, whoever you bank with. But that, that's a stage two, I'm afraid. Wow. Well, I like the idea that you don't necessarily need a bank account to do this or to be tied with a credit card. So that makes an awful lot of sense. So you buy the ring, one-off fee, presumably, and then you can top up uh, as you go along. Yes, yeah, so it's a one-off fee of, um, initially it's £49.99 we're proposing, um, we will have a number of free load methods. So if you load it from a debit card or a bank transfer, if you put £100 on, you'll get credited with £100. There's no fee for that. All the purchases are free. So if you buy a coffee for £5, apart from that being a really expensive coffee, you will only be charged £5. Well, we are in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. 
<laughs> Superb. Excellent. Well, these are pretty stylish rings, aren't they? You put one on and it was way too big, but they're in all sorts of different sizes and uh, styles for girlies. They are, and they're actually incredibly lightweight in comparison to a lot of the um, kind of wearable jewellery that you seem to get at the moment. So would you wear one of these? I think I would, actually. I, I like the fact that they come in a very simple, just black or white. Um, I'm, I'm easy with that. I don't like it when it's all the big brash colours that make it really obvious that that's what you're wearing. Um, so I think this would work for me. And I love the sales point that's in big letters on the wall here. No pairing, no charging, scratch-proof, waterproof. And they just work. And we love tech that just works, don't we? I know. It makes it so easy. Excellent. Philip, if someone wants to find out more about these or perhaps get their hands on one, where would they go? From our website, which is curvekerv.com. There we go. We'll see what other weird and wacky stuff we can find for you at uh, Wearable Tech. Uh, March up in London at uh, the Excel Centre. See you there. Oh, see you there. Can't wait. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Interaction time for show 125, your questions, comments and feedback. Well, first, before we even get on to questions, we need to say a big thank you to the following people for their donations. All of you have helped Frequency Cast to continue. And the thanks go to Broadband Junction, Chris Miles, David Shields and Michael James. Yeah, we really do appreciate your support. It does help keep us on air. Our uh, hosting costs are uh, fairly extreme these days so it's pain to keep us on if you want frequency cast to continue your support is much appreciated yes just go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash donate and we'll love you forever okay kelly who's the uh, first uh, question from today well the first one's from barbara kelly who says if she's unable to have a skybox is there an alternative Oh, there's loads of alternatives. Uh, you could go for something like, uh, you mentioned it earlier, actually, the ones Jeremy Clarkson advertises. You mean the Amazon Fire Sticks? Not, yeah. the, not the ones that have been broken into and give you lots of extra free channels you're not meant to have, but the actual Amazon Fire Stick. Yes, you could go that route or uh, Apple TV, that sort of thing, Roku box. I would suggest maybe looking at uh, BT UView, which gets live TV from a TV aerial and also some on-demand content over the internet. Or, of course, Virgin Media, if you're in a cable area. Both of those services give you access to Sky Channels, if that's what you're after. Otherwise, the one to possibly look at is Now TV. Now, I think we dismissed this when we looked at it when it first came out but now you can get these entertainment packs cinema packs kids packs um, get access to pretty much all the sky channels and not a bad service as we were recording this i had a look on their website and there's some fairly silly offers for getting months of free movies and stuff so it's worth a look and we'll throw the link up on our show notes and the next one's from bob king who asks i have a multi-room with sky but my second sky box is an old one I recently purchased a new flat screen because my old TV was cutting the sides off the picture. However, my new TV is also cutting the sides off. Is this because the skybox needs replacing or is this to do with the type of TV purchased? Well, the good news is it's probably not your skybox that's at fault. Uh, it'll be a setting somewhere. Now, skyboxes let you change the aspect ratio if you're connecting via SCART and you want to look on the skybox in settings picture. We'll put a link on how to do this on our show notes. If it's already set to the correct ratio, which is 16 by 9, many TVs have an auto setting that will do a best fit and hopefully squeeze the picture into the right setting. Have a look at your telly's manual, try an auto line up, also check the settings on your skybox. If you're still struggling, get in touch with the make and model of your telly, we'll try to help. And next, Tim Howlett says, In show 124, you mentioned TV reception problems that Manish had. I had the same problem where I work at a radio station in Derby. 
which was fixed by changing the booster amplifier for one with an AT800 logo. Yes, so this is the issue with 4G mobile phones causing interference to Freeview. Could well be that. That's a good thought. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, Tim has also given us a little warning that Ofcom has recently announced they're going to start doing the same with the 700 megahertz band as well as the 800 megahertz band. They're basically flogging it off to get more mobile connectivity uh, over the, uh, the spectrum, which could make it even more tricky to watch Freeview without interference. There are these booster filter thingies out there that have an AT800 logo on that will filter out 4G interference. But 5G is round the corner. And uh, our final one. Yes, David Simmons um, has just got in touch to let you know, Pete, that he's actually passed his foundation and intermediate exams for his amateur radio licence. Excellent. Well done. Thank you very much for letting us know. Uh, We've got some material um, on one of our sister sites that helps people uh, get into the hobby, uh, and he's done it. So uh, well done to David 20 Alpha Alpha India. Good stuff. Yes, congratulations, David. So there we go. That's it for another show. 125 in the bag. Oh, getting old. And if you'd like to get in touch with a question, a comment, a suggestion, or even a complaint does happen yeah but it shouldn't (laughs) (laughs) a number of ways you can do it kelly you can call us and leave us a voicemail the number is 0208 133 4567 or you can send us a text on 07882 043 521 the cost of a standard text or of course you can send us an email via the contact us button on our site we'll catch you on the next show Yes, we will. See you soon. Right, I'm off with Alexa now. Is that all right? No, I don't think so. You promised me a drink. Until the next show. Goodbye. 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 Frequency cast. Shut down in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates, show downloads, and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.